Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 5 The Magical Parrots of Flambeau by E.M. Clark, Read by Lexi Chapter 5 The Fazenda of the Six Brothers Food's ready, announced the ox, and from the embers of the glowing fire he pulled out a baked potato for everyone. They were perfectly cooked, crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside. The sleuths ladled beans onto them from the pot and tucked in. Oh, thank you, Mr... um, Mr Ox, said Zelly uncertainly. The gruff old man guffawed heartily. Mr Ox, hee hee, he chortled, wiping bean juice from his beard. Now we've supped together, I reckon it's about time you called me Gus. Aye, aye, Gus, they all replied and saluted him smartly. Once the food was finished, they returned to the navigator with Nika to sleep on board until the sun came up and they could continue their way up river. Gus wished them all a good night. I'll see y'all bright and early at first light and we'll make our way through the jungle to your next port of call. The sleuths looked at each other in excitement. Overland through the jungle? That would be a new experience. That's why we've stopped off to meet the ox, added Nika, grinning. He's the only one I trust to guide us on foot through the jungle safely. See you at first light, Gus. On board ship, they had to sleep with mosquito nets over their hammocks. They'd never seen them before, and Rafa did not look happy to be trussed up in one. They stop you from being bitten, said Nika. Mosquito bites are not just itchy, they can give you nasty diseases. We're so deep in the jungle here, we won't be able to avoid them. Try not to get bitten, and remember early evening is the time to be most careful, so keep your skin covered up. We have a special lotion too, said Sophie. We only have mosquitoes in the mangroves at home, but we always slap it on if we're going up there. The sleuth said goodnight and curled up in their hammocks. They soon fell asleep to the gentle rocking of the ship. It didn't matter that the mosquitoes were still buzzing around their heads. Their nets were keeping them safe from being bitten. At first light, Gus came to meet them. Good morning, campers. Today we're making for a fazenda. It's like a small farm. This one's called the Fazenda of the Six Brothers. Six brothers, said Milo, who was an only child. That's a big family. There aren't six any more, sadly, said Gus. But in the old world, big families were normal. Hence the name. Our hosts have lived here for many years. They sell us supplies so we know each other well. They'll give us what we need for the rest of our journey. Sophie stroked Anna gently. Hopefully, they were moving closer to finding a cure for Anna and Demaria's silence. The way through the jungle did not seem at all clear to the children, but Gus appeared to know the way. It was hot and humid, and their clothes were sticking to them as they toiled away, pushing through the thick tangle of vines and creepers. Although it was early morning, it was quite dark, as all the trees made a canopy above their heads. Every now and then there was a small glade where you could glimpse a patch of blue sky high above and the sunlight created dappled shade. Underfoot it was rough with lots of roots and creepers growing like ivy. Many blocked the path and others hung down from the trees. 
After nearly tripping over many times, they learnt to pick up their feet and watch where they put them. Rafa was having a glorious time in his natural habitat, swinging from vine to vine effortlessly and chattering encouragingly to the children. There were huge ants everywhere, running busily up and down tree trunks and creepers and emerging from their homes in the ground. Every now and then the sleuths would see a gigantic ant hill, which they made sure they avoided. The ants rule this world, declared Zav, as he watched the insects march relentlessly through the undergrowth. It's totally different to anything I've ever seen before, said Sam enthusiastically. Yes, it's brooding and still, reflected Milo. I don't like it. I prefer the sea breezes. So do I, chorused the others. Though it does feel good to be on an adventure again, said Zav. The jungle feels like it's hiding something, mused Zelly, gazing around her in the eerie greenish light. Yes, agreed Sophie with a slight shiver. Demaria doesn't like it either. Her little parrot's head was dropping onto Sophie's shoulder. Her feathers had lost their glossy sheen and her normally bright eyes were dull. Zelly caught Sophie's hand and squeezed it. The girls were very worried about their beloved pets. Rosina's curse was powerful and had gained in strength ever since they'd arrived in the north. Their parrots were growing weaker. The sleuths were all very sweaty. It was humid in the middle of the jungle with no breeze and they all wore long sleeves and trousers to cover their skin. This was to protect them from the assorted creatures of the jungle. In addition to the jacker and snakes, Gus had also warned them about leeches, which, if they found bare skin, would attach themselves to it. The only way to remove them was to burn them off. They had watched, fascinated, as Gus had shown them this trick on one of their rests that morning. I will not be rolling my sleeves up if those blood-sucking little beasts are around, declared Sam, and the others all laughed. They continued to push through the jungle foliage until the light started to fade. I am so hungry, moaned Zav. When are you not? teased Zelly. It's a shame Gus told us not to touch any of the fruit, remarked Sophie. It looks so tempting. I can't believe a lot of it is poisonous. I know, groaned Zav. It's like torture. Fortunately for Zav's rumbling tum, they arrived at the fazenda shortly after this. This place is well defended, commented Milo. It was on the river and the ground fell away down to it so steeply you couldn't access it that way. From the rear, it was also steep. Are they expecting trouble? asked Sam. Unfortunately, it often comes, said Gus wryly. Some ships can get up river to here and not all the crews are friendly. The fazenda needs to be able to defend itself if trouble does come a-callin'. They also need to protect the crops they grow, added Nika. I buy my medicinal herbs from the brothers here and bring them back to your mothers to make their remedies. The sleuths gazed around, full of curiosity. They could see many plants growing twined around the trees and other native vegetation. Hello, hello, a cheerful voice greeted them. I'm Danilo and a young man appeared suddenly, wiping his hands on his overalls and proffering one out for the sleuths to shake. You are very welcome here at the Fazenda of the Six Brothers. This is my brother Gordius. Good to see you back here, Gas, Nika. Where did they come from? muttered Sophie. They just appeared out of thin air. There must be a secret entrance, replied Milo excitedly. Everyone shook hands. Danilo and Gordius smelt earthy, 
of lives spent tending to the many and varied plants of the jungle. We've come for some supplies, if y'all don't mind. We've got further to go on foot, said Gus. We'll pack up what you need for you, said Danilo. In the meantime, you must eat with us. Zav's eyes lit up at this suggestion, and the others grinned. Danilo and Gordius led them into a huge room with a giant wooden table running down the middle of it. Parrots swooped in and out, and the sound of insects filled the room. There were platters of the usual rice and beans ready and waiting for the hungry adventurers, as well as chicken and salad. Everybody piled their plates high and dug in. For pudding, there was a strange-looking fruit with spikes all over it. "'What's it called?' asked Zelly. "'Jackfruit,' replied Danilo. The fruit was round and green, spiky and as big as a human head. The sleuths watched as it was carved into pieces and handed round. "'Looks a bit like a melon,' commented Milo, taking a bite. He loved sweet things and sometimes was called Mango Milo. He then removed the mouthful of jackfruit hurriedly. "Ugh!" he cried. "'It definitely doesn't taste like melon!' Everyone laughed. "'I'm so sorry!' he exclaimed, wiping the juice from his chin. "'It's all right,' chuckled Danilo. "'It's not to everyone's taste.' Everyone else had a more cautious nibble. "'It's a soapy taste,' said Zelly. "'I like it,' announced Sophie. "'It's refreshing.' "'You can eat the rest of it then,' said Milo with a grin. "'It's a great treat here!' commented the rather chubby Gordius as he tucked into a large chunk and let the juices run down his face and hands. The sleuths giggled. By now, the sun had set, and Danilo showed them to their hammocks where they would spend the night. There was no breeze like there had been on the ship. The heat lay over them like a heavy blanket, and the buzzing of insects filled the night. At first light, they were up once more, eager to continue on their journey. The herbs had been parceled up for Nika to take with them. They said their goodbyes to the brothers and set off up a winding red earth track. It was rough underfoot and hard going, but Gus was a confident guide and kept them going. After their climb, they were relieved to find the route was flat for a while. However, they soon came to a spot where the land plunged down to a rushing river below. Gus stopped. Next up, he said, pointing ahead. Crossing the river. The sleuth stared. How are we going to do that? asked Milo. Using an aerial walkway made from a rope bridge, replied Nika, rubbing her hands together in excitement. It'll test your balance. Oh no, muttered Zav. He looked quickly at his twin. Neither he nor Zelly had a head for heights. It'll be okay, she said, smiling reassuringly. Rafa will help us. He's loving it here. Indeed, the little monkey was happily swinging from his tail from the branch of a nearby creeper-covered tree, grinning cheekily at his companions. As they watched him and laughed, Rafa suddenly stopped swinging and stared hard at the tree next to him. "'What's he looking at?' asked Sam. "'It looks like a vine or rope,' said Sophie. "'Too thick to be a rope,' remarked Milo, looking more closely. Nika moved cautiously forward. "'Come and see!' she called. It's a boa constrictor. The sleuth stared at her in shock. A boa constrictor? cried Sam. They're deadly snakes, aren't they? They kill you by squeezing you to death, gasped Zav. Rafa, come away, cried Zelly. Calm down, 
interrupted Gus sharply. Boa constrictors are dangerous, but they're only a problem if you're on your own. It's no threat to all of us here. Nika smiled at Ratha and held her hand out to him. The monkey jumped onto her shoulder. This little fella is very useful, she said. He spotted that snake before any of us realised it was there. She handed Rafa a piece of coconut and he nibbled happily at it. The others were still gazing at the thick green rope in the tree. It had not moved and seemed to be asleep. They were happy for it to stay that way. How about we all stop for a coconut, suggested Gus. We need a break. You must never get too tired in the jungle in case you miss dangers. Everyone nodded. Gus moved toward a clump of palm trees and used his machete to hack down some green coconuts. He sliced the top off each one and handed them round. The sleuths put them thirstily to their lips, drinking down the cool, sweet liquid eagerly. Much refreshed, they felt ready for their adventure across the aerial walkway. The twins gazed at the rough rope structure warily. It looked flimsy and swayed as you stood on it. Nika noticed the twins' fear. What you do, she said quietly, is look straight ahead. Take one step at a time and don't look down. Choose a spot on the other side and focus on it. The twins both knew that the only way to deal with fear was to face up to it. They looked at each other. Let's do it. Bravely, they began the crossing, doing just as they'd been told. Zelly was muttering under her breath. Don't look down. Don't look down. One foot in front of the other will do it, called Nika. It always does. Zav knew that if he stopped, he would be paralysed with fear, so he kept plodding on following his sister. Well done, he said when they got to the other side as they hugged each other. Sorry, they both said to Nika, whilst watching Milo, Sophie and Sam almost skipping across. Heights held no fears for them. Don't be, said Nika kindly. We're all afraid of something. It's facing up to the fear that counts. Zav and Zelly smiled at her. Well done, everyone, Gus cried. I think we'll camp here for tonight. Everyone agreed, feeling tired after their long day. They went to find trees to hang their hammocks from. It was not just comfortable sleeping in them, it kept them off the ground where ants and other insects crawled. Nika handed round some bread and cheese, which Danilo had given them. They washed it down with some hunks of thirst-quenching watermelon and snuggled down into their hammocks. Insects buzzed in the darkness and lulled them all to sleep. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 6, To the Valley of the Magical Parrots. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's book 5, The Magical Parrots of Flambeau, is available now on Kindle. Help other people find the sleuths by sharing our podcast or giving us a review. Check out our Super Sleuth Story Club on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our website, supersleuths.net, for lots of fun activities. See you next time.